internet friends and welcome to one of the very last few times you may ever see that intro and hear this song episode number 182 of final boss tv i am your host my name is adam k k bay and if you've been picking up with all the sort of art changes and branding updates across the board we are sort of working on refreshing everything and sort of the last piece of all that puzzle will be the things that take the most time normally so that intro Many of you were commenting on a few videos ago when I brought that up that it, you're all sad to see it go, but it's been there since Mr. Pandaria, okay? It's still a 720p intro. It needs to get updated, okay? We'll, we'll get through this. Okay, uh, uh, mm -hmm. we'll do this. But we are back with the specialization shows finally after the beta period for BFA and the end of Legion, and the beginning of BFA, and the game kind of being in a weird place. I wanted to wait until sort of a patch cycle really felt that the game would be something we could talk about, and it wasn't all over the place. So we'll sort of see the evolution of Azerite during these series. We've got rogues up first, we've got warlocks coming up soon, then mages, and then hunters, and then the next little mini raid, and then we'll talk about more stuff, and then we'll get through it all, all right? But I would not be here doing these shows if it wasn't for some amazing nerds and ladies out there. So thank you very much to my patrons that are supporting the show, the stream, and everything in between. Without them, this would be a far smaller production overall. And if you like what I do here and want even more podcasts, behind-the-scenes show notes, and more podcasts, then you can head on over to the show's Patreon page right over here. There are currently 53 more podcasts. And of course, it'd be funny to go back in time and listen to the old ones, maybe listen to the new ones when they come out. But we'll do like sort of after shows, sort of breakdown, off script nonsense. They all get put up right there just for you over there as well as the new show notes skeleton. If you want to see the behind the scenes and how the show is put together, then that is linked, of course, right down below. So thank you very much for all that. But today we have... Um, we have one returning guest from the old guard. Granted, doing spec shows now means I'm going to have to roll through a whole bunch of more guests. But, Koji, welcome back to the show. So, are you ready to talk about Outlaw Rogue? Yeah, absolutely. Are you, are you sure? Do you have dice on hand? I do. I. Where did they go? I have a huge bag. Yeah, I, I, uh, I keep them handy. Big uh, bag of, like, 200 D20s, just in case. Well, all right. I mean, I actually was looking to see if I, I didn't put my dice in my drawer, but I'm not a rogue. So you guys hopefully will bring that. We also have new guest us today. We have Dratnos. Do you have do you have dice, sir? Are you ready? I do, but not near me. I do have this fidget cube right here. I mean, it's sort that's... of a die shaped thing. <laughs> it's that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, a fidget spinner, but it has yep. I don't know, options on the sides. But it is it is a cube, so it sort of counts as kind a dice. Yeah. Okay, that counts. And then bring up the caboose here. We have Guy, who may or may not be referred to as that and many other things during the show. I looked at your character names, sir. <laughs> okay, yeah, I have a lot of names, and a lot of them just have something, and then Guy. That's usually just how I make a name. Yep. But where are your dice? Are your dice at the ready? I don't have dice, man. 
I'm like <sighs> playing cards. Does that count? That's not, that's not really dice. It doesn't really fit the class fantasy, right? But we're not using that that dark moon trinket anymore. Yeah, we're not think, using so. fathoms anymore. So you know, I I need to I need to update. I need to go get some dice tomorrow. Dang, I think I I don't know. Sorry. That's gonna get out into the uh, the Ravenholt Discord. You guys better get some dice on hand. But then again, these the spec shows will sort of combine a bit of the main spec we're talking about, all 36 with their own show, but especially in the pure DPS shows, like today, there's a sprinkling of, of sub Teleti and, of course, Assassination Rogue. Just a little bit. Oh. Just for just, just a tiny little bit. I mean, we have to talk about Subtlety Rogue, at least the fact that it sort of changed the game space for Uldir for one boss, yeah. and then was never heard from sucks. again! <laughs> Come on. Yeah, they did a really good job at just, like, really killing that spec. Just the, Which, I mean, like, it kind of had to happen. Spec was, like, kind of dumb. Mm. Like, if, if it wasn't changed on Zul, like, if, like, they didn't see how broken it was on Zul, people would be bringing it to Mechatork. Like, yeah. I think even on Mythic, it's probably worth it. Like, you just, like, get a lot of healers healing the rogues, and they would just, like, do stuff off Boombots. Yeah. And then even off Jaina, if you, like, kill the elemental, it'll split, and then you just, like, bring, like, five sub rogues, and the boss explodes. So, I feel yeah. like it kind of just had to happen. It's kind of, it did really powerful things. So, F's in chat for Subtlety Rogues. However, uh, I would like to go around in reverse order now, because with two new guests on here. And as the show has evolved, I want to make sure they're more just discussionary and just talking and we're just riffing on things. Of course, I have a whole bunch of show notes to go through, but the guidey functionality of the show, think of the past, right? There's Discord, there's Ravenholt, there's different websites, there's the Wowhead Guides... It's it's just if you need the the nitty gritty the mathy stuff you can go read those, right? We're here to have conversation about these each of these specs and sort of go inside just what the players think of them and what they osmose in their communities and their guilds and their experiences. So this will go right back to you on this one though, guy. What uh, what do you dabble in in the world of Warcraft? How long have you been doing said dabbling? If you have any opening little shoutouts or things you need to make sure are out there or you're a part of if you're part of any guides or math or you guinea pig what do you do in the game sir uh i do like mythic plus i do like around like the, like the 18 to 20 range which is like you know could be better um i kind of just like help around in the discord a lot like people ask questions i try to like answer them to like help people know what they're doing and um i raid yeah and then we're like eight to nine mythic right now and i've basically only played outlaw the entire tier so hmm so, no guides though no uh i kind of like test some stuff like some like right. math related stuff but other than that i just kind of play the game a lot that's like you said like casually oh 19 to 20 bracket mythic plus <laughs> okay i just there's just like a lot of people that do like 22s and stuff i don't i don't know i just feel like i can be a lot better that's all well can outlaw be that spec that does that though i guess we'll dive into yes. that during the show today okay yes i think like outlaw is probably the best mythic plus spec right now Oh, all right. On live client. PTR is a different story. We could talk about PTR later. Then we also have, we have Dratnos, sir. What about you? What do you got? How do you dabble in the world of Warcraft? Uh, I also make some guide content. So I make, um, I make guides on YouTube. I have an outlaw guide that's almost done. That's like multi-part, but uh, it's been coming along. I also do the, um, like the, re the weekly route on Raider.io. So you may have seen my routes like around, but uh, I do a route like a basic route and an expert route for each dungeon each week. Um, oh, because like I wanted to help people figure out how to path their way through Mythic Plus, um, and that is something that I've I've been doing for the past ten or so weeks now. Because um, last season I did a lot of M Plus, like I pushed pretty high, 
actually with all three specs last season, which was really fun. Um, got up to like 26 something on Raider IO score, which is pretty fun. It was a good time. Wow. Got into the top 11 of rogues in the world. Um, which as we all know is the cutoff point above which, you know, the, the top 11 is what, is what we all think about is the, uh, where, oh. where you're good or whatever. Is it, is it? Okay. It's new to me. Well, that's awesome though. So in, in the, the mythic plus scene, you've done all three rogues. So you might have a bit of a back and forth on is outlaw the, the one to go to in that space. Um, I believe currently it is. Yes. I, I think outlaw is, okay. um, generally the best for mythic plus. Um, however, I think that assassination and subtlety both actually have their places. Um, even subtlety in its nerfed state, I think has, uh, specific dungeons like siege of Boralus and Toldegore where it shines. Um, and assassination, I think might also have some utility for very high tyrannical keys. Uh, particularly places like King's Rest and Temple of Satralis. Oh. But I think if you played Outlaw everywhere, you would have a great time too. And I think if you enjoy the other specs everywhere, you could play those too. Sounds good to me. Koji, returning to the show, uh, what have you done since we talked in Legion? And what do you do now in the, sort of the rogue World of Warcraft community, sir? What do you, what do you have shoutouts? Make sure everyone knows and remembers who, what you did back then too. What have, what's changed? Hey, yeah, so uh, thanks for having me back. It's great to be here. Um, so still, still uh, doing simulation craft, maintain, maintain maintenance uh, along with Meisler, um, which is you know takes up a fair amount of time, uh, but also working pretty heavily on the uh, APLs on SimCraft for both Assassination and Outlaw. Uh, I usually leave the sub stuff to, to him and Fu, uh, who both do a great job there. I haven't played uh, sub too seriously since uh, Tomb of Sargeras, probably. Um, but mostly focusing on uh, assassination outlaw now. Uh, they're both uh, interesting. A lot of a lot of fun math spreadsheets for roll the bones and uh, trying to to make sense of silly things like when you should re-roll and how many things you should have up and stuff like that, which are really boring to most people. And I try to figure it out, and make everyone else's life a little bit easier. Uh, we also post a fair bit on the beer crafting channels and Ravenholt, which are a really good resource for both people to check uh, for hmm. uh, new theory crafting discoveries and also to give feedback to us of some ideas that, you know, this seems wrong or have you looked into this and that type of thing. So it's, it's a good uh, feedback loop with the community there. Now, I probably asked you this back in the day in Legion, is that how do you even get started into that realm of doing the, the APL backend of the simulation craft module for a spec I'm part of the one for shamans where I got to talk to Rusa and Purge and Word Up uh, and Hikili all the time. And I see their giant strings of, I don't even know what I'm looking at, right? But that's how you robotically code how a player would play the game and what you do at what point to find out what does what and how this works and procs and things. How does that even begin to, to understand or do that? Yeah, that, I mean, it's an interesting question. I think you have to have a certain mindset for kind of going through the APL language, so to speak, and kind of the procedural nature of them. Some of the APLs are a lot easier to understand than others. You know, some of them are pretty straightforward and simple and others have, have really complex conditionals. Uh, so, you know, I'd always recommend starting with one of the easier ones, I guess, uh, and, and kind of working your way through. But usually people take a look at the ones that they play because they're more likely to understand kind of the logic. and. You know, it, it's interesting. I've done it for a long time. I did it for Feral 
you know, back in Warlords, I, I did it for Havoc Demon Hunter and still do the Havoc Demon Hunter one um, now. So it's just something you get better at with practice. I, I find it a lot of fun. Although, you know, honestly, it, it can be very frustrating. You do, it's a lot of trial and error. Right. You know, the APLs in general are, are pretty good, made by a lot of smart people, and it, it's hard to find improvements in them sometimes. Well, it, it, the, the most ridiculous part of being on the outside of that, almost on, like, the glass between the what's going on inside, like, you're watching the bakery inside, right, is when the new expansion stuff rolls out, and that first, like, month of, of BFA and watching the enhancement... APL simulation craft stuff get worked on and I have, I have no idea but it's it's absolute magic and I think the game is it's and it's a crazy place where there's so much information for players to digest and break down and go through which is why a lot of the times when changes happen to the game we're like wait where did Blizzard get this information from why are they doing that when we know this so it's an interesting back and forth because a few expansions ago when the show started we, we know far less as a community than we do now. But speaking of time traveling and putting you all on the spot here just a little bit. So this spec for Rogue, I would think, at least from my perspective for testing since Mr. Pandaria Forward, has had the most identity crisis of any of the Rogues. And I wonder what your take on sort of the mists to warlords to legion to battle for Azeroth, the journey from the combat rogue now to outlaw. What do you think of the dev journey so far? Dratnos, you're in the middle, so I'm going for you on this one first. What do, what do you think? Ooh. Well, uh, unfortunately, I've only been playing outlaw rogue since uh, like Tomb of Sargeras back in Legion. Uh -huh, see. Uh, I didn't really dabble in combat in the old days. I did. I guess when I played in Burning Crusade, I maybe leveled a rogue up to level 30 as combat, and I thought that was pretty fun. Uh, but I also think Outlaw is pretty fun. So that's uh, pretty much the extent of my insight on the, the transition from combat to Outlaw. I think uh, some of our other guests here are maybe more qualified on this one than me. Well, the reason why I went to you first, not to put you on the spot, is that you've been playing it as Outlaw this whole time. Ah, yeah. So is, is your perception of like looking back or hearing about how the spec maybe used to be way like are there any major pieces of the past that you would be like oh that would be really neat now if we had what we used to have before so one of the big things that people don't like about outlaw uh particularly people that loved old combat is the, the like roll the bones mechanic and the uh randomness inherent in it and i think that um me personally i really enjoy that like reacting to random chance component in the rotation um, but I understand the people who don't, and I particularly understand the people who who yearn for the old rotation and the uh, the old combat. So, I guess where I'm coming from is I, like I really like the way it is now, and I think there are a lot of people who really like the way it is now. I think you can make an argument that of the 36 specs, like Outlaw Rogue has a lot of unique things about it, right? Um, that are very compelling, uh, and that's cool. But it certainly is true that like maybe something was lost along the way that uh, people are still wanting to have access to. Okay. Kojiyama, I'm going back to you on this one. What is your thoughts on the journey from combat to outlaw? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I mean, I I had a rogue all pretty much all, even through vanilla and TBC, so I've always kind of played combat. It was always what I played on my rogue alt. Um, 
I used to have a, have a lot of fondness for combat, so I, w- I was kind of sad to see it go. And when they were talking about, oh, yeah, nobody likes the word combat. It's such a generic name, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, come on, most of the previous expansions, most people were playing combat. So it felt kind of weird. Uh, it's basically a completely different spec. I mean, there, there, there's nothing really all that similar other than they changed the name back to Sinister Strike recently. Uh, it, I mean, it's just different. You know, you had this, uh, there were various times in the past where combat was like a backstab spec, you know, combat daggers back in vanilla and, and stuff like that. And, you know, uh, it went from this kind of buff maintenance, keep slice and dice up type weaving thing, you know, a lot, even in, in MOP and stuff, it had uh, lots of shadow abilities. I think Shadow Blades was still available for combat at the time i think you know they they had shadow step as a talent so it just was really different poisons were a big part of the combat gameplay um and funny story my my eight-year-old year old daughter who was six at the time when they revamped the outlaw into combat had a combat rogue it was her first uh first Uh, character and she was very upset the day (laughs) of the patch she was asking where her poisons were, and she was really like legitimately irritated with it. Like I was, I found it hilarious. <laughs> That's pretty good. I, I like you had a real world reaction and a family member's reaction to the change in the game. That's adorable. But but I mean, right now, honestly, uh, I I think Outlaw right now is, is a fun spec. Like, the rotation is fun. I think a lot of the Azerite traits with, like, the dead shot stuff and how you how you weave the shots through is cool. Having ranged abilities are cool. Having between the eyes uh, is, is a very satisfying ability. Like, when, when an enemy goes to run away in PvP or in, you know, Mythic Plus, you know, like, shooting them and having it crit for a billion damage and kill them or whatever <laughs> is really awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I, I think I think the pacing is way better than in Legion. Legion was definitely a feast or famine type thing with the energy regen and like the pacing of the spec. So it was like, oh yeah, do your cooldowns. It's like a million APM, and then like spend the next minute doing literal nothing. Uh, so they they got that pacing back to a, a more ebb and flow. Uh, it's still fast during cooldowns, but the non cooldown right. periods are are still interesting. So I think it's good. I think outside of some variance problems with Roll the Bones and like the low-end buffs being kind of underpowered, uh, I think it's in a pretty good place. All right, Guy, we're going to go on the last one here. Where does your tenure with the spec go, and what are your thoughts on the the dev journey? Okay, so I started playing in like Legion, so I don't have a lot of like yep. super Same. old experience. Just filthy Legion, baby. But um, from my experience, like Terrible. from. Pl- <laughs> My experience of playing like a lot of out or not even like a lot of out I played like a lot of sin back in like in Legion, but like near the end I was like, I wanna try out like other things because like sin is boring. So <laughs> so I started playing a lot of outlaw and it just did like a lot of like really interesting things that I liked a lot. And then just kind of like moving forward to just like even BFA, I feel like they changed like a lot of the spec where it feels like a lot better. Um like like the the whole like roll the bones thing is like a lot less impactful. Like in Legion, roll the bones was like really bad. Where um um what's it called? Like because like melee damage was way less important. Um, getting bad buffs in Legion was like really really bad for your DPS. And like right now, because you end up like between the eyesing and like a lot of like white damage is like a lot of your damage. Like rerolling doesn't like hurt your DPS like as bad as like you really think it does. Right. It still like kind of sucks, but 
in Legion, it was like it was like really bad. Like when you rolled really bad in Legion, you were just like in, in the gutter. It was like, yeah. I, I think like in its current state, I think it's really good. I think Wits made the spec like actually viable. Like I think um like when they added more Azerite traits, I think it's seven seven one five or something. I forget when they added w- when did they add Wits? A one. A one. Oh wait, okay, yeah, eight one, not seven one. Okay, <laughs> sorry, but yeah, when they added wits, it made the spec like a lot more competitive because before it was kind of like, kind of like an okay spec. It was just kind of like, in my opinion, even in like Uldir, I played it a lot, but I felt like it was kind of just like a bad Cinerog. But now that it has access to wits, which makes it like a very strong like cleave spec, like Sin is the single target, outlaws the cleave spec, and then like sub kind of doesn't exist right now. But I, th- yeah. I, I think outlaw is like really good right now. I also think, yeah, Outlaw benefited a lot from the second ring on Azerite. Oh, yeah. Like, lot. I think compared to to many specs, like it really opened up a lot of opportunities for like instead of oh, you just stack three three x dead shot done. Uh, you yeah. know that was that was the uh, older way, but like uh, you know it opened up a lot of opportunities for for putting in some of the other ones like Ace and keep keep your wits and even Brands, some of the lower tier ones. Ace, uh, you know, so coming. I. I think it's I think it's cool. It opened up a lot of gameplay avenues and makes the rotation a lot more interesting. So yeah, I, I had to, I had to go double check on the Azari trait to make sure we're on the same one. So you're talking about keep your wits about you, which is each time the one. attack blade flurries, you increase the chance of sinister strike to strike again by two percent, and additional strikes of sinister strike will deal a flat amount more damage. So it's. It kind of hard carries outlaw right now. Really? Like it's like okay. the, it's the it's basically the reason you play outlaw that specific trait. Mm. If if it, Wits wasn't yeah. in the game, you wouldn't be playing outlaw in Mythic Plus like one hundred percent. It's it's insane. It's like it, it like just tr- totally transforms the spec because it just gives you everything you want. Right? It makes your cleave better, which is what outlaw is already good at. It right. gives you combo points. It gives you consistency. It gives you cooldown reduction. It just does like literally everything outlaw wants to do like all at the same time. And yeah, it's like okay on single target, but like on cleave, it's like so much better. Yeah, the other good thing it does is that it gives uh, Outlaw kind of a mini sub type type yeah. functionality where AOE will you know channel into your single target. You know that's basically how Outlaw AOE works, right? Oh, you right, know, right. You, yeah. You're translating your single target into AOE. So anything that buffs your AOE indirectly, like keep in the the you know, 33 stacks, you know, type yep. thing of the additional chance to strike, you know, that is translated to the boss target. So on something like Opulence or whatever, and you can pop and get 33 stacks almost like instantly with <laughs> three globals or something like that, uh, you know, then for the next n seconds, you're doing pretty significant increased damage to the boss, which is very useful for a spec that's kind of previously known as not having good boss damage. Right. Yeah. Or the boss damage was incredibly variable. I mean, anyone can look at the simulation craft stack and see the the mid and max for outlaw is still ridiculous. But that's sort of part and parcel of why you play the spec, though. Even that's though five buff, I think I think the history of the five buff right now is that oh, we wiped. I just five buffed. Every time you will never ever get a five buff and kill a boss. It's actually just like designed <laughs> that way. It's, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's like a weighted average of yeah internally math. It's the uh, the yeah. RNG engine. It's like in Binding of Isaac. Yep, you get a really yeah. good item, but you're gonna lose that run. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it, yeah. It's also so rare now. You know, it's like one percent chance. So oh wow, I, I can't even remember the last time I got a five buff in a raid in a situation where it mattered. It, 
Is that actually lowered? Because I thought it was about three-ish percent in Legion, right? But there was one more die. So is that what the change came through? I think it was... <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I think in early Legion, you could okay. roll one through six buffs. Like a super early Legion. I think it was Tomb of Sargeras or Nighthold it was changed, where now you can only roll one, two, and five at the same time. I think there's always been six buffs. I'm not mm. 100% though. Okay. Yeah, so... In in Legion for a while it was one two three or six were the options. Um, oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, and then they they made that set bonus. They wanted to make the set bonus where you could get a random roll buff. So they wanted they reduced the they turned the six into a five so that you would then still get a benefit from that set bonus. That's I, I believe how that worked out. Okay. I think that's why they did that. Again, it's going back through the last four expansions i think the most changes obviously assassination subtlety have seen some changes and subtlety now has the, the crazy like shadow dancing nonsense that they do all the time now internet of stealth is their core mechanic but i still feel that that's why you brought up i wanted to bring up outlaw rogue first i feel like it's the one that has gotten the most hammer and nails over and over and over again each expansion just these drastic oh this is totally okay fine sure we're a different name now all right Oh, it's not Search to Strike anymore? Oh, but it is again. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, they made an effort, I think, with BFA to kind of dial back some of the, the piracy stuff. They're a little trying bit. trying to make it more generic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because you lost the Dreadblades, I suppose, or gave them away, or, or you know what? So, yeah, you're definitely yeah. not even a pirate anymore. You're an air quote pirate. But yeah, is there anything before I bring up Mythic Plus Dungeons, maybe Koji has something like this. Is there something that you would rather have returned to the Outlaw Rogue now, or something that's fundamentally should be removed from and just like actually plopped out or swapped out? Anything that comes up a lot in the community that, that would be good? I think that the 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 whole comparison between Roll the Bones and Slice and Dice is just untenable like there's no way to make that work okay. and you know during during the time period in uh antorus where there were the slice and dice builds with you know various trinkets so you had the double you had the legendary trinket plus the nighthold trinket and people were doing you know all this crazy white damage and there's this big holy war in ravenholt about uh slice and dice versus roll the bone spec which is better oh you're blah 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 like there's just outside of like extreme situations like slice and dice is always going to be bad and there's no way to make it good without people feeling like oh you just made the super easy option good so I think that just needs a fundamental redesign. I wouldn't mind Slice and Dice just being baseline and something you had to keep up all the time in addition to Roll the Bones, but that's probably too much buff maintenance. So it's like, it just probably has to go, right. which is sad. But because it's like one of the few things that still harkens back to the original combat spec. What's what's funny about that one, and I don't want to keep going on this one because I, I have a lot that I want to dive into is that one of your roll the bones is essentially a slice and dice. So. But it's better. <laughs> but it's better. And it gives leech. It's really good. And which means that if you ever talent. Yeah. And the option is you talent a slice and dice. If you just want to have cruise control, I guess, but. It's really it's cruel. bad. 
it's, it's cool yeah, that it's on the talent tier because <laughs> there's been a time and it's not, it's not necessarily true right now but there was a time where it was literally worse to select that talent than yeah. to select no talent on that tier i've heard it's this still the same. case by the yeah. way yeah it, it depends on on what exact situation yeah, you're in but right. sometimes it's a dps loss to actually talent slice and dice versus no talent on that tier yeah um so it's really yeah. cruel that blizzard has just got this like you know neutered slice and dice on the on the talent tier yeah uh just and people who want to play slice and dice see it there and they're tempted by it but it's just horrific for your dps to pick it yeah i feel like the only reason they kept it was to keep that connection to the mm. uh the original spec which you know they could just rename uh grand melee into slice and dice and call it a, call it a day there you go just change the, the actual dice roll to slice and dice there it is it changed yep. the icon it's like the same thing right yeah I mean, I, I've been bringing this a couple times on my stream for the past number of weeks is that I don't think the mop talent tree is the last expansion for it. That's like my big prediction for the next expansion for 9.0. We'll find out in November, but I think this talent tree, gone. We're going to get a totally different mode of artifact plus heart of Azeroth plus talents plus AP farming is all congruent. It's all in the same. We'll see. But I hope all right, we'll see. Swashbuckling your way through Mythic Plus dungeons and raiding is the next topic I wanted to bring up here. I'm going to go to, to Dratnos on this one first as the Mythic Plus uh, from last expansion, uh, or I guess this expansion, both tiers, both seasons. I guess that's what I got confused. There's seasons now. So we had the Gahoonies, and now we have the much better Reaping. But where does this the decision come into to play with which spec you want to dabble in in the keys that you're undertaking? Is it just like a fun factor? Is it physically just the numbers they're in? Is it based on the Azerite traits that are currently in the game? Which ones you have available? How do you stack them? Where do you decide which rogue spec goes into Mythic Plus versus raids versus everything else? Yeah, so Outlaw has a lot of great things going for it for Mythic Plus this season. Um, the removal of Infested and the addition of Reaping has caused the meta to kind of adjust to this like chain pulling lifestyle. Uh, where you're just going from like between one boss and the next, it's just a constant like pack after pack after pack, and that really causes assassination to suffer because assassination really wants these restealths uh, be between every pull, uh, so that they can get back into stealth and get their power from that. Uh, and subtlety to a lesser extent also wants that. Uh, whereas outlaw really doesn't care. Outlaw can just go and just keep going, uh, and we don't have this like downtime when we're killing an infested mob. We don't have this downtime when we're killing gahoonies, um, and so outlaw likes that. Outlaw also benefits from the fact that now that we're playing with six Azerite traits, five of our six best-in-slot Outlaw Azerite traits are just best-in-slot in all cases. Um, they're best-in-slot for single target, they're best-in-slot for huge AoE, they're best-in-slot for small cleave. Oh, wow. Um, all we have to do to, like, the only adapter we need to plug in to become a, a Mythic Plus spec is one Wits value trait. Uh, and that trait's not even bad in single target, it's just medium. Um, so we're really well-suited to Mythic Plus under the current, you know, paradigm. And I, I usually would choose to play Outlaw under most cases, like as the best spec for those reasons. I also find it really fun though. And I think if you find assassination or subtlety really fun, uh, that's a great reason to play those specs too. Uh, but I find all three specs fun. So I like to choose what's best. And I, I, I think that there, those are some of the reasons that Outlaw does really well right now. There is, you you went through it sort of in the Azerite bit and I wanted to make sure we, we fine tuned on that. Is there a certain number of Azerite traits for stacking or are there the I play Havoc as well as my alt, and there's the 1.1ers. One you only take one of them because there's no stacking things. that don't really get gain from it. Is that what you have to worry about? Like, what would be the ideal optimal six 
influencing Azerite trades you would take as an outlaw rogue into Mythic Plus right now? So one copy of Keep Your Wits About You is absolutely mandatory for Mythic Plus. If you have access to that and you're not wearing it, uh, that's a disaster and you, you need to put that piece on. Okay. Um, other than that, Deadshot, you want as many as you can get. So three Deadshot would be ideal. Uh, so one Wits, three Deadshot, and then your last two pieces, uh, they can be Ace Up Your Sleeve, they can be Treacherous Covenant. Uh, one of them could even maybe be a Brigand's Blitz. That's a trait that uh, has interesting interactions depending on your the amount of haste you have. If you're, if you're a very low haste build, uh, you might find one copy of that trait to work out well. Hmm. Uh, you, you usually don't want a second copy of it. Uh, and then you can just put you know whatever you've got. If you've got the engineering helmet, you could put on uh, Barrage of Many Bombs or the Relational Normalization Gizmo. Both of those are good. Um, you can put on like things like Blightborn Infusion, uh, those sorts of things. It doesn't really matter all that much. Um, the main thing is just one, keep your wits about you. And then because of the way our AOE works, right, where we just put on Blade Flurry and our single target translates to AOE, uh, all the traits like Deadshot that do good single target just do good AOE as well. That's the one thing I was noticing when I was doing back through the beta coverage for Outlaw specifically, is that the huge change and not necessarily reliance, but the core of Blade Flurry is huge for Outlaw now. So it's it's fun to see, and that's what a lot of has happened now with with certain Azerite builds, with talent builds, is that there are certain Azerite traits that really sync up with that. And I suppose that's where a lot of this works out. Yeah, a couple of people in the chat were talking. They brought up the which ones you you stack for that. I put down here within the rating scene. I think assassination has come up a few times as like the ease of use spec a lot of your damage can keep happening as you're doing mechanics you get your bleeds rolling your poisons going like that and then we sort of jabbed on subtlety for the cheese that was happening but koji can you walk through sort of the recent past of where assassination and subtlety have fallen compared to outlaw with the azurite trait changes or sort of if you pick them right now why you are picking them yeah, so like like you mentioned, like the big advantage to assassination is the off-target damage. Like you you get chosen for abilities randomly on pretty much every fight in this this raid dungeon right now, and every time you move away from the boss as an outlaw rogue, you're losing damage, and you're losing like all of your damage. There's assassination rogues, you only lose like. 40% of your damage for being off the target. And as long as like, you can even get it to be less if you dump your uh, energy before you step away, you're basically only losing auto attacks. Like, And the regeneration rate for assassination is a lot lower, so you don't cap out as fast. You can you know, walk out on a fight like Opulence and, and dump the liquid gold and come back and barely lose anything as assassination. Uh, Outlaw, unfortunately, doesn't have that. You, you basically lose almost all your damage when you're off target. Um, you know, Outlaw has some other advantages, though. Uh, having having some useful ranged abilities actually does come in handy on a couple fights. Uh, you know, you, you can actually do some damage to, you know, Mechatoric when he goes up. You know, you can still shoot pistol shots at him if, if, as long as that fits in your rotation. Um, acrobatic Strikes is amazing. You know, Acrobatic Strikes is... is one of the biggest factors, even in Mythic Plus, even maybe especially in Mythic Plus, I, I have a really hard time going back to Assassination after I've played Outlaw for like three or four days and can like stand at that extra three yards back and dodge everything. That's, like the, standing, that's like, the nerfed version too. 
like it's amazing like being a like you, you say say the uh you know third boss in freehold he's doing his spinny stuff and you're just sitting there just doing your rotation all the other melee are standing there looking sad you know, like so it, it's it's pretty nice i mean that's that's honestly the main difference right now uh, unfortunately sub sub has the same problems as outlaw in terms of it really suffers from lost time on the boss because it, sure. it has a really tight coil on its cooldown rotations and if you miss a, a cooldown rotation like you lose a lot of damage yeah, subtlety is very stacked oriented. It has a if you've never seen like a priority list for subtlety rogue, it's a little silly just how many things you can fit into a certain window and how many things are activated by the certain windows that you go into, which is the point. That's how subtlety does play. It has a very big uh that's why it works so well and how it, it got funneled damage so well on on Mythic Zool because Blizzard had to adjust the fact that they had the, the I guess, undersight to not realize that, oh, if Subtlety Rogue can just keep doing the main thing it's supposed to do, use a finisher, every global, something's going to... really some, powerful. Something's going to break there. But, so, Guy, with all that going on, what would you argue of the current state right now, what's the best Rogue spec? Like, in general or for rating? Because I feel like the answers are different. Hat in the ring. No, what's what's the best right. the best rogue spec? Okay, so in Mythic Plus, it's probably Outlaw. In Raid, it's probably Sin. But in both instances, I don't think the gap is like big enough. And I'm like ignoring Sub because like I don't want to talk about Sub. I just get sad. No, but, no. <laughs> <laughs> but like specifically for raiding, like the gap between like Outlaw and Sin like isn't that big. So, like, both are good. And then in Mythic Plus, if you have good gear for Sin, the gap isn't that big. And I also don't think it matters. But um, Outlaw has a lot of really powerful things in Mythic Plus, and Sin has a lot of damage. So, yeah. And, like, a lot of, like, the really good uh, Outlaw things in Mythic Plus aren't that good in Raid. Like, um, a lot of the strengths, or, like, what I think are a lot of the strengths of Outlaw are Vanish being a defensive cooldown is, like, really big for Mythic Plus. Um, like being able to like drop aggro, cheap shots, uh, like great bolt resets. Like it does like a lot of really good stuff because it's like barely a DPS increase for Outlaw. Sure. So that really doesn't matter in raid. Gouge doesn't matter in raid. Um, BTE stuns don't really matter in raid. Um, Blade flurry doesn't matter that much in raid. So like a lot of like the really good stuff that Outlaw does doesn't really translate to raid, but it does like all that good stuff in Mythic Plus. So, but I still play Outlaw because Outlaw is fun. So, like, yeah, there you go. If if nothing else, the I don't how did the rogue community react? I don't know who wants to really who who saw the reactions here to go off on this. When you first got the roll of bones graphic and animation and the sound effect back in Legion Beta, because when I first saw that, I thought that was I was Blizzard can make this happen. It's just an interesting mechanic and visual that it was really, really good. I think just just rolling the bones randomly is just fun. So having that be utilized and balance of which bones get rolled aside, but it makes a really good sound. I love that sound. <laughs> the, it all feels the, really the, good. <laughs> Unanimous <laughs> head nods. Yeah, it makes a no, really good sound. Yeah. and and you know if you get Harlan's loaded dice, you get to get like you get double or oh. not roll the bones like all the <laughs> time. There's so look, many, so many dice being rolled around your characters it's amazing there's yeah. so many <laughs> no, I, good I, there's so many good like themed outlaw trinkets there's the fathoms which drops anchors 
There's the dice, which roll dice. There's like a cannon trinket that shoots cannons. That's it's like true. just everything in this expansion trinket wise, just like here's like an outlaw trinket that's like cool, right? And then yeah, it's really fun. Like there's like a there's like the the spyglass which makes like little boat noises. It's great. Oh yeah, that's true. I, I think there are a lot of really good things about roll the bones. I think the yeah. I think the effect is cool. I think the idea behind it is cool. I think it's all always just struggled on the math. You know, like if you have to sit there re-rolling seven times in a row at the start of a pull, which you do sometimes, uh, that's not very fun. You know, because you're feeling like you're not doing anything. Even though, I mean, the damage works out just fine. Like, re-rolling aggressively is not a problem for the end result on DPS. Like, I remember, like, I think my best heroic Jane of Hearts, uh, you know, in one of our alt runs, I, I start, I opened the fight with eight re-rolls in a row ah. and, and ended up with a 99 percentile parse. It's fine, but it feels crap. It feels like, well, you know, I would have got a rank one if I had rolled, you know, the just first time. Just roll some time, fives. Right? Just roll some fives. Easy. Yeah. So it can be frustrating just because, like, you feel you feel like you're not doing anything. It's more a psychological yeah. thing than anything else, I think. Yeah. Roll the Bones is really good at feeling horrible, but, like, it maps <laughs> out, like, pretty good. <laughs> well, that's... Yeah. One of the problems it causes as well is that it makes your, like... Other classes have like an opener, right, where they do more damage at the start of a pull. Whereas with Outlaw, we do less damage at the start of the pull while we're trying to get some playable buffs. Um, right. And that's uh, something that that's a characteristic of this fact that is re it really feels bad when you're like you're opening and you're like your warlock's doing 50k DPS and your your mage is doing 40k DPS and you're doing 10k DPS. And you're, yeah. They're I mean, like the tank and the healer are like you know, a little bit ahead of you and you're just, <laughs> I'm rolling my dice, you know, sometime something's going to happen here and uh, everybody's just looking at you and you're like, why did we bring you? <laughs> yeah, out, you know, it ends up looking good. Like you end up doing a lot of damage. As the fight goes on, your damage is just the constant. It gets better. You're, yep. And you have burst windows. You just don't get to choose when they are. They're just whenever your dice say they are. Yeah, surprisingly, like the sustain of Outlaw is really good. Uh, when you get your second and your third adrenaline rush back up, you know, like you really start climbing up and normalizing outlaws terrible in short fights it just is awful <laughs> on short like bursty fights like champions or something like that where the fight dies in like 23 seconds or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> it, will, it will do by the end of the tier probably but uh like it just feels bad because there's no way you can compete like and that's where assassination's really good like assassination's burst like either with shrouded suffocation or um with like just double dose like there's a lot of ways like just because of Vendetta, yeah, that that you'll you know be at top of damage for the first, you know, 20, 30 seconds of the fight. It feels great on short fights. Yeah, adrenaline rush is like a really weak cooldown. Like you look at like shadow blades, it does really powerful stuff. You got Vendetta, it does powerful stuff. Combustion, these all do like really powerful stuff. And adrenaline rush is just like yeah, we just get some energy regen, and that's that's it. It's yeah, like good and, in the spec, but like compared to like other like real cooldowns, it kind of sucks, but. Yeah, it's mostly because you know it. If it overlaps with with bloodlust or heroism, it's it's pretty much wasted. You just cap energy anyway, and they're trying to resolve that a little bit with the PTR changes, which we'll probably get to at some point. But like, it's not enough to matter, at least not during uh, time warp. Mm. So that that was the next thing I want to really bring up here is what is the deal with roll the bones, and in the little bit of pre-show. Uh, nonsense we were talking about a little banter before we started the show is that it's gone through a lot of changes i had to bring back up the 
actual different dice buffs because I want to remember them all. Because some of the names have changed, they stole the same icon. And some of the effects have changed, but other ones stayed the same. And I sort of wanted to run through the... The, the note that I have here is, that's the entire topic, what's to do with Roll the Bones. Is there, I know it brings up a lot, when do you re-roll? What buffs are you looking for? How many times is too many times to re-roll? When are you wasting time trying to fish for buffs? Were you just like, if I got these two, all right, it's fine, right? So like, uh, uh, what's the hierarchy on these right now? I don't know who wants to break down that little bit of math on these five buffs. We've got Ruthless, Pre Ruthless Precision, Skull and Crossbones, Buried Treasure, True Bearing, Grand Melee, and broadside so what is the what's the breakdown on which ones you want all the time and which one you never want to see on dratnos what do you what do you got what's the okay so your decision making is going to change based on what azurite traits you have okay um, if you have access to a dead shot or ace up your sleeve trait um then things change a little bit for you um most people at this point in the expansion have at least one of those, so I'm going to talk about that case. Um, but if you don't have any of those, then uh, Grand Melee basically becomes worth keeping on its own. Um, normally, the way it works is you're going to want to re-roll unless you have Ruthless Precision or two or more buffs. And then, of course, if, yeah, if you don't have Deadshot or Ace up your sleeve, you can also keep Grand Melee by itself, and everything else is just worth th throwing away uh, on a single target. Now, in AoE, you can pretty much keep any buffs while you're inside your Blade Flurry and do your re-rolling once your Blade Flurries are down. Uh, you want to try and get your roll the boneses in while you're not flurrying, and while you are flurrying, you want to do damaging finishers like dispatch uh, instead. Uh, and then people ask if like if there's a time to stop rerolling, and there there really isn't. You just want to keep rerolling. Uh, the only time you can stop rerolling is if the boss is about to die, uh, and you're not going to have enough time for your buffs to stay up the whole time. Okay, I think it's if the boss dies in 20 seconds or something like around that range. Yeah, something like that. And then you just throw out finishers because it's more damage. Because like roll the bones is like damage later, and like dispatches are damage now. But yeah, you basically just reroll until you get the good stuff, and that's basically it. Now that yeah, I mean, uh, it it's just a math problem, right? Like yeah. we're, <laughs> you just you just math out what's the average expected value of a reroll, and if it's higher than what you currently have, you reroll, and you know it. You can get frustrated with it all you want, but it's not going to make you do more damage. <laughs> uh, it, it, honestly, the top three are actually relatively close together. Um, you know, Ruthless Precision is quite a lot better because of the traits, and that's basically what biases that one as being keepable. But really, what what makes rerolling so aggressively a thing is when they revamped the percentages. You know, mid Legion. Right. You have a pretty high chance of getting a two buff. It's like a thirty percent chance. So, because thirty percent is a relatively reliable number, like rerolling for twos makes sense. A ruthless pre precision just happens to be the one that's good enough to be worth keeping as a one. You know, uh, otherwise, you know, two buffs it, it just obviously is going to just be way better. Okay, and you're du doubling the power for you know a 30 percent chance to double the power it, it it's maths out to be pretty solid um it, it honestly we probably wouldn't reroll quite as aggressively if if like the bottom two buffs weren't quite so bad uh they they are just really really bad like what you, to the point 
where Ruthless Precision is almost three times as much damage as Buried Treasure. So yeah, I was going to ask, what are the bottom two? Is Buried Treasure... Buried and- Treasure and True Bearing. Those are the two worst ones. Wow. That's, it's, hearing True Bearing in the bottom two is so different because in Legion, it was the only one you wanted, I remember, because the cooldown reduction was way higher and it was kind of toxic to throw that buzzword out there. Now you have some of that rolled in baseline, though, which was one of the changes going from Legion to BFA. So they just cut True Bearing, I think, in half, right? So finish moves, reduce the remaining cooldown of many of your abilities, Blizzard tooltips, by one second per combo point. And I think it's like all your damage abilities. Or like Yeah, and sprint as well. Yeah, yeah adrenaline sprinting. rush between the eyes, sprint, grapple, killing spree, marked for death. And yeah. And like yeah, Blade no Rush. No longer Cloak of Shadows, notably. Oh, um, vanish, yes, though. Yeah. Um, yep. It used to be, though, in like Legion, like you you in some cases your like raid leader would have you re-rolling like even a three buff that didn't include true bearing to just try and get true bearing so you could be cloaking more often i remember oh, that so was a yeah. thing on um scenarius you would just be like your raid leader would just be like yeah keep rolling get that true bearing because you want to cloak we want you cloaking uh on cooldown you know on a faster uh, cooldown that i mean that that falls into the category of just rogue things but that's a little bit egregious to be rogue things. yeah yeah I think the main yeah. problem we have with Roll the Bones is that the like I think the rerolling gameplay isn't quite what they should be aiming for with okay. the spec. Uh, there are a number of ways they could solve it. I think bringing all the buffs closer in line with each other is one way. Uh, perhaps putting a cooldown on Roll the Bones as well, like if you just couldn't do it more than once every twenty seconds, um, would also help that feel of like I'm rerolling, and it would it would make people just be like, all right, I'm keeping these buffs for twenty seconds, and uh, you know now I'm going to actually play the spec instead of being in this like rerolling mindset. Which I, th- I think that mindset is really what causes people to feel bad about this back is they feel like until they get buffs they can keep they're not actually like playing Ooh, yeah do you that, those are just some of my thoughts that's an interesting point you bring up do you hmm th- do you think it would be healthy and received well if roll the bones did have sort of a you said 20 seconds is that the cooldown so, so the duration just, of the buffs is far longer than that it's like of course 40 of course pandemic. Like, i i think it would be pretty well received as long as the buffs were more balanced than what they are now. Yeah. You'd have to do a tuning pass to make sure that they were all at least reasonably decent, because otherwise it's just going to increase variance even more than what it is now. Like part of, like as much variance as there is in Outlaw, like that would be worse if you were stuck randomly with buried treasure being bad. Uh, but I I think a combination of a short cooldown plus a balancing pass would be fine. You would just have to do that balancing pass. Yeah, the the weird part about that I did chat forced twenty seconds of buried treasure. Ooh, but I, I think the the weird part about that is that certain traits, because of either in the past set bonuses and legendaries in that regard, or now it's Azerite traits, does sway certain power towards certain dice rolls. And like in Legion, sorry, no, <laughs> like like in Legion, you had yeah. like Dreadblades, and uh, I think it was Blurred Time. So true bearing was like real. Uh, uh, what's it called? Blur time is like um, while an adrenaline rush cooldowns are fifteen percent faster. Yeah. So like you had like a lot of like really strong cooldowns as outlaw. You yeah. had vanish with mantle, which is one hundred percent crit for five. You had dread blades, which gave you ten percent damage, and everything's a fin- uh, every generator is five, like just five uh, combo points. So you just were like spend finish spend. It was like really strong. But now all you have for cooldowns is between the eyes, adrenaline rush, and then blade rush, and that's like basically all that matters from right. So. True Baron got like a lot worse. So I wonder about basically that. Basically on the back of good cooldowns. Because whenever 
whenever you bring up things being too strong, and we've seen this a lot in history, maybe I've seen it a little more because of where I sit and absorb things for World of Warcraft, is that Blizzard doesn't like buffing what is weak. They just nerf what is strong. So you asking this, they basically would just nerf Ruthless Predator and nerf Grand Melee then. That's probably the... That the, sounds really yucky. That, well, that's... <laughs> <laughs> that's most likely what would historically happen. Instead of buffing or trying to figure out the math between the three that are lower, they would probably just take down the two that are higher. So, yeah. which... Yeah. Roll the Bones is just really complicated. You think? Hmm. Yeah, it's just, just a bit. It, like, it's really good at feeling horrible, but, like, it just maths out okay. It's basically, it's mostly just like a feels problem with the spec. Is like when it, it feels horrible to get like ten grand melee or uh, what's it called, like ten true bearings and fucking whatever. But um, yeah, it, it, it like it maths out like good. It's just like no burst and then like RNG on bones. It it just it's really good at feeling horrible. So, so it's like kind of hard to like fix that though. So oh, okay, it's it's also like uh, somewhat. It has a lot of unintuitive elements to it because not all mm. the buffs like you look at the buffs like you said you know, you look at true bearing that looks good you know like so if you were not playing with a guide or not playing with sims you'd be like oh yeah that's that's cool but it's, it's not very good um and then it gets more complicated when you got traits like snake eyes which give you bonus damage when you do finishers so then you have like this passive thing so do you reroll more aggressively do you reroll less aggressively do you wait for the charges to run out you know like uh, we get ideas. Uh, I, I've sat down and revamped the role of Bones priority, I think, two or three major times uh, this expansion. Oh, one, for, one for, like, Snake Eyes, one, and then they changed Snake Eyes, and then we had to redo it, the whole thing again. Uh, Did you, you do sit, the You sit there, one? and you're like, oh, I've got, I've got a great idea for the role of Bones. Here's what makes sense to me. You sit there with Sims for like two, three hours, like fiddling with priorities. Well, this duration, that, with this buff, that, and you get nowhere because it, none of it makes sense. <laughs> you really have to brute force it and do a lot of trial and error to even remotely get to something optimal, which, you know, I think that's kind of bad for casual play because they're they're not going to do all that you know if you're if you're not looking at a guide or have something like sims as a resource you could never really sit down and optimally figure out how to reroll. and i think that that like denseness of the mechanic is where it goes wrong there's a lot going on with that ability and it's very complicated it has a lot of moving parts it's damn though it, it's so it's so satisfying to use most of the time, but then a lot of times, like you said, makes you feel pretty bad. So I wonder, it's it's gone through a lot of back and forth. I think math is always the thing that only a, a certain subsect of the players really figure out and try to make work and then translation that out to the community. But what is also has to get sort of translated out there. And this is a new section that I want to just kind of go through before we get to the other half of the show to bring up some questions from chat if anyone has them. What is the outlaw... Rogue, and you've you've brushed over it a few times. What is your opener like then on, say, a raid or a dungeon boss in particular? So, guy, how do you? We're gonna go through all of this and then sort of rebuttal with the other two guests. How do you open on your outlaw rogue? Okay, so the outlaw rogue opener really sucks. It's it's <laughs> adrenaline. 
It's like really bad. One, it's awkward, and two, it does like five damage. It really sucks. Huh, but the wow. oh, the optimal opener, which is what I do, of course, is you would you you, you so you're out of stealth first. You can't be in stealth because it messes it all up. You adrenaline rush, then you stealth, then you pre-pot. So you do this like one second before pull timer. Because if you adrenaline rush in stealth, it takes you out of stealth. And being in stealth is like slightly more advantageous. So the optimal opener, out of stealth, adrenaline rush, pot, stealth, ambush, vanish, ambush. It's like blade rush, sinister strike, roll the bones, and then you just like do normal stuff, and then that's it. It's like a really underwhelming opener, and it's really uncomfortable to do, but that's optimal. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, no rebuttal from me. That's uh, you know, that's, that, that's pretty much opener. all you can do. Well, I mean, the only caveat there is you can drop the vanish thing because it's like kind of medium, and there's plenty of fights where vanish is kind of useful to save. So if you mm. want to just sit there and and mash out your normal rotation and be sad, that's fine too. Like yeah, you can. The, just other, like... the other step I would put in there is to like hide damage meters at the start of the pull because that that's wow. kind of a that's important. To keep your morale up. That's a yeah. <laughs> you, you really want that weak horror that resets details every time you get a five buff and just starts tracking from there. That's the, <laughs> that's the main one I think is mandatory for outlaw. Is that a real thing? It should be if it's not. Oh. <laughs> like you, you really it. won't. Like I mentioned before, you will not catch up on damage meters until like your second adrenaline rush, maybe your third. If on you a five fight. buff an opener though, you're actually like stronger than a synrogue. Like, you deal more burst than every class in the game. If you get the five good buffs, nobody right. beats you at all. You just blow everybody out, but that doesn't happen. So. <sighs> it's I... a really underwhelming opener, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry, well, it, crazy. It, it... Like, sub does crazy stuff like shadow blades, dance, blah, blah, blah. We just, like, ambush, and that's it. And that's basically the end of it. <laughs> it's also, like, a really awkward opener because we're dealing with, like, these silly things like Adrenaline Rush knocking you out of stealth, which was, you know... Clear, I think clearly a bug. Uh, it's really it dumb. Appeared, it appeared in beta, got reported like a year and a half ago. It's still broken. Uh, like, it sucks. And the fact that Adrenaline Rush causes a GCD also sucks. And, yeah, you, you know, like that yet, but yeah. But you're also dealing with a situation where like your energy cap. Guy, where'd you go? Time, Guy just exploded the show. Guy, come the back. Discord things, right? We did have as part of it, it's funny we've gotten this far without any issues. Oh my gosh, I have multiple hands. This is my other camera showing up on stream. This is weird. I'll go to my single camera and wait for Guy to reconnect. It's kind of the reason why we, we had the show delayed a little bit today was that the show blurped. Hold on. Does he know he's not here? Wait. Guy, reconnect. Help. <laughs> but what were you koji please continue let me see if you're i don't think your reason's gonna work let's see no you're wait hold on wait live technical nope you're just your your corner of of Dranos's shoulder i think you're your your bottom just go like this <laughs> go like this and you can yeah oh it's it's broken oh trolls in raid trolls on stream uh-oh well I think we'll give we'll give uh, a guy a moment to reconnect to the call, and I will take a moment then, and we'll get back on topic here in a moment to go on my little commercial break, a little mid-show roll here, and uh, yeah, leaked strats, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff, of course. 
But we'll see if Guy can reconnect and, and fix the call. But so be technology, as it were. But uh, if you have any questions for the guests on the show today, save them for after this little mid-show commercial break. And of course, if you're listening to this on audio only or if you're listening to this and watching on YouTube, then your questions can go in the comments or just be here on the live show, right? Every single spec is going to get a show. Now, if they're part of a multi, you know, the the, the pure DPS specs, Rogue Mage Hunter Druid. Oh, there. Ah, Rogue Mage Hunter Warlock. I saw almost a Druid. Well, Druid's going to have a back and forth between Feral and Balance, I suppose. Then you want to be here to the live show because we're going to be able to answer a lot more questions and be very more pinpointed at each spec in particular, which the first time I've ever done this on the show. So we'll see how this works out. It's going to take me like a year to get through all of this. But in light of all of that, and to make sure that I can keep doing this, of course, if you want to support the show, the stream, and everything in between, you'll notice there are some different links down below. So these shows are sort of brought to you in part with the help from... These might be a little different. You might be like, what's Bay wearing on his head? So at least down below, I am now really excited to be partnered and sponsored by Corsair and Elgato. So if you're looking at getting any bits and pieces for an upcoming build, just... Keyboards, mice, cases, headsets, fans, a whole bunch of extra little peripheral bits, either for you or for someone else, then you can go check out the link down below. And you're going to be doing it anyway if you were looking at getting anything from Corsair. I have been very, very, very timid at sort of partnering with anybody for the any length of time on this show. But Corsair and Elgato are really awesome stuff. I mean, uh, the, the PC that I'm currently using right now to make this show is more than half Corsair as it is. So you can go check those links down below. Of course, they'll be in the video description box as well. But you can go check out all the little bits and pieces that Elgato has. So not as much of it stuff gets to show up on here. I will be eventually having the entire show run by this little guy. Where the, where the stream deck go? No, bring it back. Yeah, if you don't know what a stream deck is, this works just period. I've talked to some graphic designers that actually have a ton of their like Photoshop settings all on different parts of stream deck, like changing to different pens or tools or saving as different file types all right there on the deck instead of having to do all the different keyboard commands. No, just program that in the stream deck. Do it all yourself, right? Just one little... And of course, you if you have a stream deck, you can program it to spam emotes and chats on Twitch. Because if you do that, <clears throat> instead of having to do it manually, that's a thing. Just get the mini one for that and put like six emotes on it and just spam them in your favorite broadcaster's chat. <sighs> that's what Twitch is now, right? That's all you do. I'm waiting for the the Twitch spam in chat. It's going to happen. Here comes the emotes. But thank you very much for for sticking with the, the, the long breadth of time it's taken to get back to the live shows here. I do believe we are back together. Hold on. Guy, sound off. Is it good? I think Hello? so, yeah. Okay, yeah, my Discord died. <laughs> Sorry about that. It just exploded the entire show. It was really good. I like it. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't try to. No, it's it's totally fine. It's okay. You did cut Kojiyama off, though, so you have to apologize. Oh, I'm so sorry. There you I'm go. so sorry. Oh, fine. It wasn't <laughs> that important or interesting anyway. <laughs> no, I was just talking about how, like, it, you, you cap energy really aggressively during Lust, and adrenaline rush during the opener right like ideally you'd think oh maybe i'll just hold my adrenaline rush until later but it doesn't really math out as being a gain so you just sit there energy cap like thinking i'm doing something wrong all the time but you know that's just how it is 
I want to... Oh, we have... Please stop and chat. Didn't have as much emote spam as I was expecting. Come on. You, you don't get to see the live chat if you're watching this on the, the YouTube version or listening to it on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. But I was expecting more. Chat's quiet today. It's fine. So, a couple of different sections of the next part of the show. And anytime you guys see anything that maybe in chat that you want to integrate in, please feel free. We can just grab those... Of course, if Kib asks any questions, uh, ignore him. But we sort of have some rapid-fire Q&A here. I want to call it the FAQ. And most of these came from Dratnos. He suggested a handful of these. I have a few myself. But um, what's up with Gale Force striking and weapon enchants overall? And you're up first this one, sir. Dratnos, what, what's up with weapon enchants? Um, so the main thing is you don't want to have the same enchant on both your weapons generally, because okay. uh, there's diminishing returns associated with that. So uh, you're likely it's likely that some combination of gale force striking, uh, deadly navigation, and versatile navigation, maybe quick navigation, depending on the situation, uh, might be best for you. Uh, and you have to sim it for yourself. But do include gale force striking in that sim. People don't necessarily know to like check that box on raid bots when they're simming themselves, but it's worth checking because it can be good. Okay. I know Gale Force Striking yeah. was was gutted earlier in the expansion, and now it's slowly coming back on people's radar. I think Havoc uses it now for a certain build. Yeah, so. they they buffed it back up a little bit uh, after destroying it in beta. <laughs> it was really really good in beta. Yeah, really good. And then it was really bad. Okay. Now it's now it's pretty good. It's okay. uh, like, I think for any spec now that gets a lot of their damage from white damage, it's it's just good. It's a, just a straight DPS increase, and especially, I know you've got this on the agenda somewhere, but it synergizes really well with a two-piece bonus uh, from the Jaina sword. It's actually the next question. What is up with the Battle yeah. of Desire lore or the Jaina two-piece bonus? It's really good. It's really, it's really good. good. Oh. Uh, I mean, it's not great for AoE, like because you don't get any of the extra damage translated through Blade Flurry. Okay. It's just on your yeah. primary target. Like all white damage just triggers it, um, but it's very good for single target. It's it's worth yeah. a pretty considerable amount of DPS, even to the point where using lower eye level weapons is can still often be way better. Yeah, okay. and the, both those pieces have like a tremendous amount of mastery on them, which is an, an awful stat for us, but it's worth it anyways to wear them uh, at competitive item level and even sometimes below competitive item level with your other. So yeah, the the note there is that Gale Force Striking works really well with it because all all white damage will trigger it, and also using a dagger in the offhand can be really good for it because it's it's not normalized or anything like that. You just attack more frequently with your dagger offhand, and that triggers more Jaina procs. Wait 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 wait! It's almost like you saw the show notes. So I'm oh, almost cheating. Da dagger in the <laughs> offhand is another question. Is that only because of that two set, or does the Outlaw Rogue like a dagger in the offhand all the time. Makes it no difference. Matter. Yeah, so it's the same. It only yeah. matters for like two things, which is like one, the Jaina set, and then like two wits, but like barely for wits. Like because like uh, combat potency is like normalized, it like just doesn't matter. Yeah, so mo most effects for the set, it, it, for the spec, it really doesn't matter between a dagger and a non dagger. And people are often surprised to learn that they can actually put a dagger in their offhand, okay. particularly if you play Assassination. It's likely that your best dagger is better than your second best non-dagger. 
Right. So it's often right to have a dagger in your offhand for that reason. And then there are those benefits. Like there are some some fringe benefits, the, the Jaina, and it stacks keep your wits about you faster, like I said. So uh, it's like, it's good. You should, you should do it probably if you but have one available. For Outlaw, best weapon, one-handed weapon, sword, for example, main hand. Mm -hmm. Yes. So you, yes. in order to, to use the dispatch ability, which is an ability that hopefully you get to use at some point once you're done re-rolling, but <laughs> never really know. Stop. Um, you need to have a, a non-dagger in your main hand. Okay. Right. Gotcha. And then, uh, oh, go ahead, Koji. What you got? No, that's fine. Mm, okay. A dagger thought... main hand is dead. That's all you need yeah, to there, do. There, that was, yeah, <laughs> there was a that's, that's gone. There Hope was a so. bit of a meme build with a dagger main hand that mostly used roll the bones spam to refresh snake eyes. But when they changed snake eyes design during the last PTR phase, it mostly killed that build. But you just never dispatched? Is that why it was? Yes. The entire build was Sinister Strike five times until you were out of stacks, and then you click Slice and Dice again. And then you just Sinister Strike five times, and then you Slice and Dice again. And that was the entire rotation. You never used procs, you never used Between the Eyes. And it was like, I, I, somebody simmed it, um, that if you had like three Snake Eyes and Uldir, it did more damage than real Outlaw, because Mastery became a good stat. It was like really competitive, which is like the bad part, but it's dead now, so that's all that matters. Yeah. Mm. It wasn't, it was like, if you had a perfect setup, it like, it gained a little more traction than it really deserved because you had to have an insane setup that was almost impossible to get. Like, because there were actually not three Snake Eyes traits available at high eye levels at, at that time. Uh, really but in the theory, it was really broken. Okay. There were some meme videos about it and caused a lot of fighting on Discord. I think with, within <laughs> certain reasoning, when those prop up, they are they're funny to a point unless then all of a sudden you see a whole slew of them like warcraft logs or then you get into like a pug and like the pug rogue is doing it and you just oh what have we done then we know we have to stop this a couple of things yeah i i was pretty clear in most of the theory crafting channels that it was not the way forward and not to copy any okay. of the videos <laughs> okay 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 that's good so should you be oh should the bones be re-rolled during adrenaline rush just to put a yes. pin in that one wait that, yes. that was a yes yeah yep uh ignore adrenaline rush ignore bloodlust ignore everything just always re-roll the bones if you need to re-roll ignore how many times you've messed up like and you've not rolled correctly before just <laughs> keep trying and, and someday you'll get it yeah, there, there's also some talk about it during Blade Flurry. Uh, Dratnos mentioned that a little bit before. In general, it's not advantageous to avoid rerolling during Blade, Blade Flurry hmm. most of the time. There are some like edge cases where it's like, oh, I only have two seconds left on my last charge of Blade Flurry. I can fit in like two globals. Well, yeah, go ahead. But like over time, it's actually better to reroll. Um, so if it's, you're at the start of a long pull, you know, you're going to use like back-to-back -back charges or something like that, then just go ahead and reroll like normal. Okay. There's, I guess there's just the, the misconception, I suppose, about when to, and people get like scared if they should or not. So it's good just to, to talk about it like that. Oh yeah. One minor thing about roll the bones oh. is if you're doing like, so like grand melee, even with like three dead shot or three aces, which are like the, the, the ones that make ruthless precision better than grand melee. Grand melee is still like a really good buff because it gives you leech. 
and like i i keep that on jaina like we're doing jaina prog right now i just keep grand melee because it's like i think it's like less than a 200 dps loss and it's just 25 leech i'd rather deal less damage and not die than but but guy why would yes. you need to heal yourself on jaina when there are rogues yeah my that healers are... could just be better right well, no but why are rogues taking close to zero damage on mythic jaina Pradmore from the gathering storm ability do you, okay do you actually know why that happens it's like really stupid that's it's like when the transition happened i think this is how it works i could be just i could also just not know but how i'm pretty sure it works is during the transition when chilling touch is reapplied if you just cloak um what's it called like while another stack is being applied to you you just get no stacks for the rest of the fight and you take no damage from it I'm pretty sure that's how Close. it works. Yeah, it's okay. if you if you cloak of shadows and your your cloak is active when the stack like gets applied to you and and ticks for its first instance of damage, uh, it will deal no damage for the entirety of that stack. Um, so if you cloak coming out of the final transition going into phase three, um, right before the the phase three stack gets applied to you, for the remaining two minutes of the fight, even when you have eighteen stacks, it's going to be taking for zero damage on you. Oh, so you still get stacks, okay. Um, you do still get the stacks, yes. Uh, I believe you still get the movement speed reduction as well. Um, but you're, you just, all the damage doesn't happen to you. I know this. Yeah. It, it, it's pretty classic rogue spaghetti. That's what I, that's what I was going to ask. Like, is this, this sounds just like more hashtag rogue things. Yep. Rogues have some funny bugs. And have, <laughs> yeah. It's like, wacky. It's a wacky it's, thing. It's like, you know, when when you have spell IDs that are like in the double digits, like the rogue class does, you you inherit some funny mechanics over the years. And I'm sure there's some code somewhere that makes perfect sense why that damage gets immune, but uh, doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, the the thing is, like the the damage from that debuff as well, the chilling touch debuff is supposed to go through uh, cloak, right? Like yeah. It's, it, that's like that, that's that's the weird part. It's supposed to go through immunities. It just doesn't. Yeah, it just doesn't like. If you immune at the right time, the entire stack does no damage, even after cloak expires. But if you immune just in the middle of a stack, it still deals damage to you, uh, and you, it, the cloak doesn't affect. Yeah, cloak in particular has gotten kind of strange recently because they've been more proactive about like trying to make things not cloakable, and like all kinds of random things in old year. You know, you can't cloak the debuff off on one fight, you can cloak the debuff on another fight. You can immune the damage on one, yeah, you, can yeah. immune, you can't immune the damage on the other. Like something silly like Unfetted, where you can't immune the debuff stacks off, you can't immune the damage, but if you immune right before the second debuff is applied, you don't get the second debuff. So it's just like really weird things like that, and cloak doesn't make any sense I think anymore. it's 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 <laughs> like total trial and error on any new raid boss of like trying to figure out what cloak actually does because cloak i've heard of different situations of cloak doing this and then i've ams for death knights also has funky things with this too i think it's just when and how player priority of sort of spell immunity effects happen with like the stack of how they're applying to you it's like magic the gathering terminology in warcraft in world of warcraft's code one of the two will then work. I mean, it's also like how the priority works in certain encounters from the, the boss side. It's why we still do the Zerg strat and why it's so popular right now on Mythic Jaina is because the tide elemental is broken because its stack priority for the spells it casts are broken and Blizzard probably just isn't going to fix it now because everyone's doing it. Well, 88 guilds have done it because Jaina's not been, you know, month after the world first race. Tough boss. I don't know if you've heard about it's this yet. Hard. Tough boss. So, 
Well, but, there's also yeah. the uh, there's also the little known fact outside Rogues that you can vanish out of Ice Block if you get the timing correct yep. as well. Wait, no, I didn't hear about this. Yeah, if you if you vanish right before you're gonna get Ice Block, say you have 20 stacks and you're about to get it like uh -huh. in the next second, you can vanish and vanish is still up and it will time out after three seconds. And Vanish has a little known property, mostly for PvP purposes, that yeah. it makes you immune to all like movement impairing effects and stunts. Uh, so when stealth reapplies, like normal stealth reapplies after the three second Vanish buff times out, you get a brief window of stun and immobilization immunity, which drops the ice block. Okay. It's not really super relevant on Mythic since the goal on Mythic strat now is to never get ice blocked and just zerg the boss down, but sure. uh, it is relevant in Heroic. Okay. Yeah, Rogue is really weird. Faint also just like doesn't work on some mechanics. Which is yeah. like, it's like Faint Cloak so, doesn't work yeah. on some mechanics, Faint doesn't work on some mechanics, Vanish works on some. You just gotta kind of like learn what the buttons do. It's like actually just trial and error. Like Mother. Like the like the like the door thing, like when like Ulder was relevant, like faint and cloak just didn't work on the mother door. Yeah, I've like heard when about crossing this. over. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and then we come to like uh, repost and like repost having different effects than evasion and like behaving differently against uh, the same abilities, and then like it's amazing. Yeah, and then cloak as well. Like cloak has a different cloak behaves differently in its first second and then in the last four seconds. Uh, cloak's actually stronger in that first second, so like. On Mythic Zul, if you cloaked within, if, if you were in that one second window uh, during the transition, you would take zero stacks. Um, but if you were not in that one second window, or if you were in the last four seconds of it, you would still get the stacks on the transition. So that, these are just some of the things we love to learn about Rogue. Well, yeah, yeah, it's like, really fun. Re repost and repost and, and evasion, that, like you said, are completely different just because one's parry and one is dodge. And Blizzard cracked down on a lot of dodge things because of Guardian Druids and other tank stuff in the past. So, like, evasion just randomly doesn't work on tons of stuff in on, on bosses. Like, you can't evasion tank a lot of bosses just because of that. But you can repost tank just fine. <laughs> So I'm always and I'm always surprised in Mythic Plus because I'm not a huge Mythic Plus grinder compared to some people. Like when they'll just say some random mechanic can get reposted, I'm like, oh, okay, sure. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but I'll do it next time, no problem. Right. <laughs> the the two things that it brings up in in my experience of of those moment to moment things that kind of sounds like Valera and Heroes of the Storm. Her version of Cloak of Shadows is the first like. 0.75 seconds of the few seconds she's immune to things and then she takes reduced damage right to make sure that she doesn't immediately break the ability which is kind of like how it's coded in world of warcraft awkwardly or yeah this makes me think back to imperator margok progression back in warlords when i'm playing enhancement if um the way ghost wolf works when you form change it changes how the game reacts to movement impairing effects on you and the knockback ring, I made a, a game of this while streaming because I was just waiting for everyone else to learn the fight. Um, there'd be so many knockback rings during the encounter. And if I actually would run at and ghost wolf as I would hit the ring, I would not be slowed and just walk right through it because the game wouldn't register that I was able to be slowed or knocked away or whatever. So stuff like that, there are these little windows. I think the console gaming folks would use these sort of as like the iframe windows or just how you play frames in a video game like many many speedrunners do 
So in a way, as long as they're not busting World of Warcraft wide open awkwardly, those are neat little skill ceilings to find. So yeah, like vanish cloak and cheat death all kind of have little mini versions of those oh, where right, you right. have to just figure out the the interactions on particular fights where it, where it's advantageous so how about a there's a question from chat that came up that i wanted to bring up too while we were finishing up the faq section is there a specific role on roll the bones you want to fish for for like a reaping pack mythic plus right now is the obvious one ruthless precision or broadsides like what what do you what if you could get one buff before the big reaping pack comes up which one do you want for that ruthless yeah crit equals good so you get crit that's basically okay. the end of it broadsides is like a bit better on cleave just because like you eat like when like reaping happens you don't like have the luxury of like rolling 15 times to get like the good buffs so broadsides is like a pretty good keep gm is a pretty good keep okay yeah i, I kind of the, the way i play it is like okay you you kind of know when a reaping wave is coming right so you've got like like 20 seconds before a reaping wave and you can be like fishing somewhat aggressively for ruthless and then when we're like 10 seconds before the reaping wave now we just don't want to have true bearing we don't want to have skull and crossbones we don't want to have buried treasure so i'm keeping any of grand melee uh ruthless or broadsides or two or more uh, and that's kind of the, the kind of the way it works. Is like the closer the reaping wave gets, the more I just want to reroll and like keep something that's acceptable and good. Uh, and the further away the reaping wave is, the more I'm going to try and like high roll into something really cool. Okay. Yeah, the top top three buffs are probably fine. You know, like it it's more about having the consistency that you know you're going to do okay damage and not have to be rerolling mid pull, which is not ideal. Yeah, like it's better to reroll. Like we said, it's better to reroll if you have a bad roll. But if you can go into the fight with a good roll, that's a lot better. Obviously, ideal. Yeah, go in with a five buff. That's... Yeah, just just get it. <laughs> just go. Just and then get people, it. Then then people send screenshots of you doing two hundred and twenty k DPS. Yeah, they send like nerf outlaw yeah. rogues and. <laughs> yeah, so I would try and roll a five buff. Uh, it's been a great show. Yeah, great, cool. great work. <laughs> How do you play outlaw? Just get a five, duh. So there is another question that come up. I'm going to bring up the talent calculator real quick, and we'll talk about the talent calculator for just, just a little bit. So oh boy. What, it was two questions. Let me recenter this bad boy real quick for us. Is Well, this spawned that I want to bring up the, the PTR, a, a pretty big PTR change versus... So this is PTR. I'm going to close the top build. This is the PTR one, and this is live. The question I want to bring up here... Adrenaline Rush right now increases your energy regeneration rate by 60% and your attack speed by 20%. Not haste, but attack speed by 20% for 20 seconds. That's how currently AR works. The PTR change coming very, very soon in 815, you get 60% energy regeneration. Your maximum energy goes up by 50. And of course, you keep the attack speed steroid. So what is the over-under, what you guys have figured out with how this is changing? Because a bit of a, the, the joke we've had in the almost show. Almost nothing. Nothing? No. It's, yep. it's what? All, 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 it, all it really does is makes the fact that AR is on the GCD feel a little less terrible than oh. it currently does. Because like you, if you use Adrenaline Rush at even relatively high energy, chances are you're going to cap out during the GCD with the increased regen. 
Oh. So they, they are adding to the max, so you're less likely to cap out. Earlier versions of PTR, I think it raised your max by like 100 and, or I think it was 200. Was it 200? I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was like, really funny. Oh it was gosh. like enough that it actually would have mattered during like lust or something. Uh-huh. But 50 doesn't make any difference. You're still going to cap out within like a second during lust and during non-lust it makes no I mean it's like I think Meisler looked at, at it the other day and it was like a 50 DPS increase or something. Yeah, it's like you, you still can't spend your energy, right? Like what's gonna happen is you're just gonna be you're gonna be capped at this new energy and then adrenaline rush is gonna fall off and you're gonna go back down to one, you know, to the the cap normally and Yeah. Outlaw yeah, is already really, like really sorry. It, it just really doesn't do much to make the GCD aspect of adrenaline rush feel any better because you're not doing anything. Sure. You're less likely to waste energy, which was a big kind of annoyance there. But like the real, the real issue there is like, if you're having to pop like adrenaline rush plus blade flurry for some AOE pull, like you spend two full GCDs doing like nothing other than auto attack mm. the boss. And it feels bad. So how about, well, I have the talent calculator pulled up then I brought back up the live, calculator is should i or should we or should i be told any highlighted talents right now that are no goes in the the realm of the outlaw rogue right now are there any i don't want to use the word dead because i just don't feel like that really makes any sense but are there any talents that you would steer rogues away from you can call slice and dice dead all right fine (laughs) yeah there's like a lot of really bad outlaw talents. Like a lot of them suck. Yeah, I would like, basically never play Weapon Master, Ghostly Strike, Retractable Hook, Hit and Run, Marked for Death, um, Iron Stomach, uh, Dirty Tricks, Blinding Powder, Slice and Dice. Those are the uh, those are the main ones. I would, I'd, are, I think are generally not ones you'd consider. Is that so? It's funny you bring up Iron Stomach. I like to go to the the survivability traits right off the bat or talents in this regard. Increase the healing you receive from Crimson Vial, your Estus Flask. It's Estus Flask, really. Let's be real here. Uh, healing potions and health stones. Is that just because Cheat Death and Elusiveness are going to A, you can prevent damage, or B, just avoid getting totally global at least maybe once a fight or so? And it's just, it's. I Because I, well, I would think being able to heal yourself and- way more. Would also fall into the elusiveness category? I don't know. That's Crimson Vial is good. Crimson Vial is a very good skill. It's probably underused by a lot of rogues. Um, it, it does a lot of healing. The problem is like 30% of 30% is not a very large number, mm, especially okay. on a relatively long cooldown. And sure. it just like the actual effect of Iron Stomach is really small. Okay. Yeah, up against Cheat Death, which is so dramatic. Like any any time Cheat Death would save your life, it's it's unbelievable. Oh, of course, um, of course. In this, like, you can have a plan for it to mitigate hundreds of thousands of damage uh, at certain times if you if you're deciding to talent into that. All right. Um, whereas Iron Stomach is just going to heal you for an extra nine percent of your health when you click your uh, your Crimson Vial once every thirty seconds. Like, and once Honestly, per Iron, Iron Stomach should be a hundred percent. Like it's yeah. just great. Just, just great double double like, it. it that's, like, that's probably what it would take to be useful. Okay. Because like, honestly, like elusiveness is not bad either. Like elusiveness, if you don't need cheat death, having like that kind of real, like general case cooldown, uh, personal cooldown, is something rogues actually lack right now. Okay. Uh, because like faint is a very good talent 
or very good defensive ability on fights with a lot of AOE damage. And historically, a lot of the big boss abilities are AOE, which makes it a pretty good, like, it seems like a generic uh, kind of personal cooldown, but it's not. Sure. Okay. And there are plenty of fights where it's completely useless, so, like nothing to use it on at all. And they're kind of like locking it down a little more, like things that you'd think faint would reduce will not reduce. So I think there are there are a number of fights I think where elusiveness could be a, a pretty solid option. But cheat death is cheat death, and it's really yeah. hard to beat. It's really hard to beat. Like the random one shots won't kill you. Oh, they brought iron I mean, stomach. Oh, no, so, go sorry. Ahead, I, I, go ahead. Yeah. It's just like iron stomach. It's really hard to compete with cheat death and elusiveness. Is just basically the long and short of it. Like on Stormwall, like when we were doing like Stormwall progression, like um, we we we, we run two rogues and like the tanks were running into issues where it's just like oh we can't um we can't like soak the the things like he would like just not have enough like movement speed to get there or mitigation or anything. So like we use like two cheat deaths and two cloaks and it just made like the fight so easy. Right. Yeah, we have we only like have one we only have one rogue doing it when we got our kill, so we only had one whoops, you know, rogue soak mechanic, but I can imagine having more would be really good. It's it's awkward. I I, I definitely knew that Weapon Master back from just my fledging understanding of rogue was never gonna go anywhere. It's just you already have enough random proc chance to change your rotation anyway. Let's add more. How about not? So Well, you already you can already get up to a hundred percent. Oh, okay. With keep your wit. Yeah, with, with, so, with, that, with the trait. Yeah. Acrobatic yep. strikes, too strong, even the nerfed version. That makes sense. It's uh, so good. What's the. It, yeah, it's so good. Because yeah. it also makes the radius around you in which you blade flurry. Yep. Uh, it makes the, the, the area of that circle like twice as big. Yeah. Uh, just by adding three yards to the. Yep. Best part about Outlaw. Yeah. You have. You, you almost. You have the. Uh, what is it? It's butt cleave from Romulo in Karazhan, essentially. But it's you didn't, very big. You did yeah, turning uh, it into an eleven-yard circle around you, a, a circle with radius eleven around you. That is massive. Yep. Uh, and if you're not playing acrobatic strikes, you're just not going to cleave on those. It's a little good. You didn't. You didn't say anything. I don't. I didn't hear. So the forty-five, the energy tree, and the one hundred. You're sort of spec defining ability of those i think they're all right all, all of those are competitive options under under the right circumstances and march for death even like you could maybe you could design a world where it's good but in the, in the real world we basically never see a case where it uh ends up being the the play okay um deeper stratagem on that row tends to be picked when you have multiple copies of the ace up your sleeve as right trait okay uh, that has a really nice synergy there uh, otherwise usually you'll just see vigor being picked in most cases right and then on the 100 tier, it's I, I think it's usually safe to say like Dancing Steel for Mythic Plus and Blade Rush for for like single target boss encounters um, and for, for most boss encounters, even if there is some cleave. Uh, and then Killing Spree is a little niche. Uh, it's, Killing it's Spree. For, it is the most fun, though. It, one, it's fun. And two, it gives you a really good parse. That's what it's really good at. <laughs> well, I also was going to... Yeah, I mean, Killing Spree is great. <sighs> In a couple situations, like it's really good on opulence, right? If you want to parse on the ads or burst the ads, like because <laughs> yeah, you, you get that you get that nice uh, synchronized, like the cooldown works pretty much perfectly to get like every single ad wave. Uh, but then you also have to deal with killing spree things, like getting randomly teleported in the boss cleaves and no, dying of course all not. The other time. No, of course, never, <laughs> never that is it? Uh, yeah, I think I think the. The crossover point, like also, 
killing spree can be pretty good for reaping too. It, it's just oh, like yeah, sure. it depends on what keys you're doing at that point. Okay. Um, like dancing steel, I think what Janos was mentioning is like the higher keys you go, the longer everything lives, and sure. the longer yeah. everything lives, the more blade flurry charges you have to use mid pull. Like if you're doing low keys and you're only using like one blade flurry per pull, and the, then the you know ads are like say down at five ten percent or half dead or whatever, then you can you won't run out of charges. You'll have you'll have them up for the next pack, but on longer keys and you start having to use two per pull, you'll run out of charges eventually, and you'll end up with a reaping wave coming or like a big pack and be like, oh, I can do like zero damage. Right, 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 right. This is lots of fun. So Dancing Steel like smooths that that out a lot so that the charges aren't really an issue. Yeah, uh, that, got that, Sorry. Uh, yeah, it yeah, just that, got... you got like, Okay, you guys. Sorry. Right. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah, okay. So like Dancing Steel got a lot better because like in season one, well, one, we didn't have wits in season one. And like wits makes Dancing Steel like a lot better just because like the extra duration is like just more damage. But also like no Gahoon. Like like normally you'd pull like maybe two Gahoon packs like or like the like the just the individuals like you'd like sap blind or whatever. And then you'd pull the packs and you'd pull the Gahoons afterwards. But you don't have this like freedom time to like recharge Blade Flurry on these single target packs. Like with Reaping, it's literally chain pull, chain pull, chain pull, chain pull, Reaping boss. And then you just don't have any time to like really regenerate blade flurry. So you just really need the extra duration. Right. Yeah. It can be a function of your tank though. Like if, if you play with a group that like takes five or 10 seconds between each pole, uh, you might find that dancing seal is not something that you actually need. You might find that you're not as, um, as there's not as much pressure placed on your blade flurry charges. Uh, but generally if you're playing like with a group that's like going fast, uh, I think the dancing seal is going to be really good for you in, in most cases. Yeah. The, the downside to dancing steel, of course, as, no single target value at all. So on on any of like tyrannical weeks, you got a big single target boss. It can be kind of a bummer, you know. But it's yeah. usually worth it. Like Blade Rush is a great like all around. It's good for AOE. It's good for single target. Um, so I, I like that tier. That tier is a well designed tier. It has all three revival options and are very situational. Yeah, I think so. the last row is like I think like the last row and the energy row are like good. Everything else just kind of sucks. Okay. So, as we come to the end of the show here, closing remarks, some shout-outs if you have any soapbox time that you want to bring up specifically. I moved a few things to the after show, so if you want more of the show, you know where to find it. Links down below, of course, where the after show goes over on the, the Patreon page. But if you have any bits of wisdom or anything you would like to rant about that wasn't already covered in the, the previous 90 or so minutes... Then now is your time. There's a few other questions that popped up in chat. I don't know if you want to. We brought up we we talked about the Jane two set. Oh, someone asked about the oh the bile stained Krog tusk, the fist weapon. Any any radar for outlaw about that? Also a good option for single target. Uh, also struggles as you add more targets. Uh, generally, the stat stick weapons are going to do better because uh, they of course translate into AOE with blade flurry, whereas the Krog tusk. Okay. Also, that, the Krog Tusk is kind of bugged right now. It's, like, really weird. Yeah, and raid encounters, right? If there's multiple people who have it, um, yeah. they'll, like, interfere with each other. It's, it's the dagger in the back from the beginning of BFA again, right? So yep. Yeah, I heard there was an Enhancement Shaman thing as well. Um, yep. Although that would require having two Enhancement Shaman in a raid, which... Uh, hey! Yeah, imagine that. Hey. <laughs> hey. But, Kojiyama, if you want to, to lead us off here, everything you want to to sort of wrap up with 
closing comments, bits of wisdom, soapbox, yeah. shout outs. Go I, for it, sir. I would say like one I think one of the important things is for people to be open to the idea of playing outlaw because I think it's been like a meme spec for so long oh, that no. like people are like, Oh, outlaw, why are you playing outlaw? Outlaw sucks. You know, like, oh, you're not gonna do any damage. It's a useless spec. Uh, and that's really just not the case now. I think it's pretty good now. And I, I think people need to be a little more open-minded about, you know, following their gear, following, you know, what's available to them. Like I, I was mentioning in the pre-show, you know, I played Outlaw and Mythic the first couple of weeks on everything because I didn't have daggers. <laughs> I couldn't, couldn't for the life of me get good daggers to drop. I usually would be playing Assassination, but I was pleasantly surprised. I'm like, oh, this actually does pretty well. And uh, I... I toggle back and forth pretty actively when we're doing heroic raids and it's a lot of fun in Mystic Plus. So, you know, I, I would just encourage people to give it a try. Sounds good to me. I'm going to throw a question right after you in that regard too. It came up in chat about, uh, do you guys like Blade Flurry being charge based? Koji, want to remark on that as your sort of end tag I, here too? I like the Blade Flurry mechanic how it is right now. I think it's, it's cool. I think it's got a skill element of how you manage the charges, you know, if you burn them or not. Uh, I like the duration. It feels fair to me. Uh, the the downside to it is if you don't have dancing, dancing steel, you're pulling really mm. fast, you come out of charges, it feels kind of bad. Uh, but I, I honestly think that's kind of a skill issue to some degree. You learn, okay, well, I got to be more conservative about when I'm popping it. Do I really need to pop it right now on on two guys at the end of a pull or something like that. Uh, so I like it. I think it's good. Okay. Dratnos, you're you're in the uh, you're the the filling of this closing remark sandwich here. So what Perfect. do you have? Um, I'll address the blade flurry thing as well. I I, I yeah. agree that I think in its current state, it's it's actually very skill testing in Mythic Plus, um, and I like it as is. I think that there's a lot of cases where you like you're fighting three targets and you need to decide whether you're going to burn a blade flurry charge right now. And you have to like, think ahead, like, are we fighting a boss next? Are we fighting a reaping wave next? Like somebody in your group dies and you know, you're going to spend time resing them after this pull and suddenly your blade flurry charge. Now you can use it. Like, I think, I think all those things are like really cool about it. So, uh, I think that it's worth the fact that it feels really bad when there are multiple targets around and you don't have a blade flurry charge. Um, although I, I will accept that that does feel bad in general. I think that outlaw is a spec that you should absolutely try and, um, Try try your best to not, you know, it, it's okay if you don't like it. It's okay if you don't like the RNG component. If that if that's not something you enjoy about the spec, uh, that's fine. Like you're you're allowed to not like things, um, but don't let that stop you from trying it. Don't let that scare you off because you might actually really enjoy it. Um, there's a lot of there's a huge amount of skill. It's not like the RNG component replaces the skill. It's the the skill is reacting to the RNG component to the spec, and that's a really exciting thing. And I think a lot of people. Um, Outlaw really gives that to you in a way that no other spec does to the same extent, and uh, you might really enjoy it. So, and also you'll blast an AOE right now because of the the balance. So, that's good. You'll enjoy it. I like it. Outlaw's great. Guy, I'm leaving this to last because it was cleaning up a whole lot, and I'm pretty sure this was brought on by either members of the Ravenholt Discord or your guildies. There is a. Do you have a a, a sword a katana? of some sort? Oh, is, it, is that what it is? A katana in the... Mm. Well, Why, of course I do. Of course, I watch anime. Of course, I have a sword. 
you can't watch anime and not have a katana, you know? That's just how it is. Okay. Well, you got to show it off for... Ch they, yep, they need to... They've been asking for it. There, there's the katana, you know? They, they were asking for it. Mm, okay. And then what's your, what's your, your, your tagline? What do, what do you want to end with here? Your closing remarks. Soapbox time. This is for you, sir. Um... Outlaw is really fun. Um, I think the changes from Legion to BFA were mostly good. I think, like, the only thing I don't like about, like, current Outlaw is, like, the lack of, like, a real cooldown. Because before you had Dreadblades, you had... Um, even Adrenaline Rush was more impactful. I want, like... I, I think it's just a great spec right now, that's all. It's just, like, it does good damage. It's, like, really, it's, like, really dynamic. Like, one problem I had in, like, Antorus when I played, like, a lot more Sin is that basically, like, every pull felt exactly the same. Where, like... All your cooldowns line up the exact same way. Right. Like every fight, like two minutes in, you're getting another vendetta. Like just all your buttons kind of just do like the same thing. Like with Outlaw, you like one pull, you get like broadsides, true bearing, and then your adrenaline rushes up up faster. And you're like, it's just like every every pull feels different. Like even like the first ten seconds of every pull just feels like drastically different than like every other. And yeah, it has wits, so it's really good in Mythic Plus. It, it feels really good when you're in Mythic Plus. You're dealing like 200k damage to Reaping Waves, so you know. If you get past like the whole like feels of RNG, it's like it's like a really fun spec. So, and, and lastly, what what eye level is the katana? Oh, it's four twenty, of course. Um, hmm. <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> well, I uh, I think that's that's the note to end the show. I'm gonna hit this button over here, <laughs> which which plays the outro music. So yeah, yeah, chat, not even four twenty five with a socket though. Well. There you go. Well, thank Before you very much. You know? That's true. Thank you for tuning in to episode number 182. The Spec Show's returns was the Outlaw Rogue Show. But of course, back around with the, the Katana Wielder. Now we got to put it in the, the thumbnail. But thank you guys for your time <laughs> on the show today. Go hit him up in the Ravenholt Rogue Discord at Guy. That's me. That's you. That's Not me. at at Katana Wielding Guy. No. <laughs> Should get Just a name the guy change. With the anime avatar, you know, it's easy to find me. All right, that sounds good to me. Thank you very much for time on the show today, sure. I appreciate it. Dratnos as well. You can follow him on Twitter at the same name. Nothing ridiculous, or of course in the Ravenhold Discord and making the YouTube videos. When is that Outlaw Rogue video coming out, sir? Uh, three of the. I'm planning on five parts. Three of the five what are out. The, what? They're ten minutes each. They're like ten minutes each, so uh, it's okay. nice and like. You watch a single target one, you know, and you you learn the whole single target rotation. That part's oh, just come okay. out. The AOE one's coming soon. Yeah, youtube.com slash Dratnos for that. Sounds good to me. Thank you again for your time as well, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been great. Kojiyama, thank you for bringing back the... I guess the, the, the control from the previous shows. I appreciate your cool, cool calm demeanor from these... I can't. I don't have katanas. I can't. I can't keep up, man. Thank you very I... much for your time today. Thanks for having me. It's good. But yeah, shout outs to, uh, to Ravenhold for all of us, I think. Uh, you know, we're, I think we're all around there and it's a great community. Uh, stop on by if you haven't already. If you, if you play Rogue, it's like lots of lots of great resources there, friendly people. Uh, it's pretty good. Indeed. You also go make sure you get the website. So Ravenholt.net is where all of it's going to be sort of smooshed together in a, in a in a way that you can all digest everything get the raid bot stuff get the blogs at the about page everything's going to be here right here on the website so check this out if you want rogue resources this is where all the rogue stuff is going to go and of course in their discord 
as well. Not every single spec or class has a resource like this. So if you have rogue questions that wasn't answered today, hopefully a lot of that stuff will be answered on the website. And of course, this is updated because 8.15 changes are coming on the horizon here. That's where you can go find all of that. But that's it for me. We do have... So we're going to see next Sunday how no longer OP Demonology Warlocks are on the 17th, followed up on the 24th with Arcane Mages. And we'll sprinkle a little bit of the other mages in there too, just to start us off with. And then I'll be at PAX East as far as plans go for the 24th. So no show on the 24th of March. I'll be streaming from PAX. And then BM Hunters, right before the new raid comes out, with a little sprinkling of Marksman and Survival on the 7th of April. That's the current show slate. More on the guests coming up on those shows, of course. Hit the show up on Twitter. There's Final Boss TV. All the socials and links are right down below the stream, of course. And again, thank you very much for helping doing what I'm doing here with Corsair and the future bits that I'll be doing with the company in the future. The future bits in the future. Yeah, you know. I'm, I'm at my limit of talking for today. Thank you very much for watching and enjoy the, the patch coming up. One one more patch and then the Azerite changes will be in. We won't have to worry about the... Well, we'll have to see how the heart of Azeroth goes. We'll start going to farm AP. It's not going to go anywhere. But thank you very much for watching today. I will see you all in the next episode. And until then... <gasps> bye! Wait, 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 wait. Wave. Wave by the nice people. Wave, wave. There it is. There it is. <laughs>